I've sat in church since I was, I don't know, born, I guess. And all of my life, I've heard people pray. And we've always been taught to pray. The first prayer you learn as a kid, or that I learned as a kid, is God is great, God is good. Let us thank Him for our food. Amen. A few years later, or a few months later, in Bailey's case, you, you add, by his hands we are fed into it. Then you learn your night prayers. Now lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And, and from that point forward, we always prayed uh, in, in the house that I grew up in. And the importance of prayer was, was stressed. But I'm not entirely sure that the majority of my life that I even seen prayer even a fraction of as powerful or as important as what God says it is in His Word. We understand that that even as I'm talking right now and, and as you were singing that God hears us. As, as we were singing, God hears us and God heard exactly how many notes that we missed and exactly how great some of us sound or some of y'all sounded. And God hears it all. We know that. And I've heard people say, well, what's the point in praying if God hears us? If, if God already knows what we're saying. If God knows what we're thinking. If God knows the desires of our heart. And about the best answer that I've ever heard is that God knows what we need. He just wants us to admit it. And that one made a lot of sense to me. God knows what we need. God knows what will do us the most good. God knows what will bring us blessings. God knows. He just wants us to, to admit it. To call upon Him and, and let Him know that we recognize Him. Because a lot of times, and I dare say that any of us really appreciate the true power of prayer. We're going to read about Elijah and, and the prayers that this man prayed and, and what he accomplished through his relationship with God through prayer. And we see him as a, as, a, as a hero, as a big, mighty man. I mean, a lot of times we, we, put him, we put him way up here. Elijah was a man just like us. Matter of fact, in chapter number, what was it, 20, 19, he, he found himself in a cave and he said, Lord, I'm the only one. Verse 4, oh Lord, take my life. I'm done. Everybody that God builds up and, and puts faith stories in the Bible, he, he shows us places that they have found themselves as well that no doubt they didn't want a light shown on. We don't want people to see our weak spots. We don't want people to see us in our weakness, in our vulnerability. But whenever God shows us Samson, God shows us Samson. And when God shows us King David, God shows us King David. And when God shows us Elijah, God shows us Elijah. And it seems like we are content living our life down here. That we don't pray to God with enough faith that we can be up here like the men that we read about in the Bible. Because if we believe that God can't do this, then we're putting God in a box and He don't belong there. If we believe that God can't change it and God can't help a situation, and 
I have said more times in the last four years that I just don't know what to do now than I ever have in all of my life. And it had nothing to do with education or intelligence. Spiritually, I have found more vulnerabilities or gaps in my knowledge in the last several years than I even thought was possible. And it got me to a place that I realized exactly how here that I was. Still am. And Elijah was no... Well, let's go back and read it. He was the same. The thing about it is, is is that he still recognized and found God. 1 Kings chapter number 18, verse number 25. Elijah said, Call unto the prophets of Baal, choose one book for yourselves, and dress it first, for you are many, and call upon the name of your gods, but put no fire under it. And they took the bullet, which was given to them, and they dressed it and called upon the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. There was no voice, nor not any answered, and they leaped upon the altar that was made. And it came to pass at noon, Elijah mocked them and cried, For he is a God. Either he is talking or pursuing, or on a journey or peradventure he sleepeth, he must be awaked. And they cried aloud and cut themselves, and Elijah made fun of them, and Elijah laughed at them. Because he knew that they were not serving the true God. He knew that they were not praying to the real God. He knew that they were just making a royal fool of themselves. But he was the only person that sat back there and knew that. They kept trying. And a lot of times we don't like to see ourselves as as some of those. But whenever we choose everything else in this world before God, then we're like those that, that leaped up on that altar screaming, Fire, fire, fire. Because nothing in this world, nothing in this world can bring us the power of God save God. Nothing. And Elijah prayed in verse 37. He said, Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this thy people may know that thou art the Lord God, and thou hast turned their heart back again. He said, Hear me, O Lord, hear me. And the fire of the Lord fell and consumed burnt sacrifice. Go over. Verse number 41. They took all the prophets of Baal and they slew them. And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up and eat and drink. For there is a sound of an abundance of rain during this period of time was whenever Elijah said, hey, let's let it not rain for a little while. And he prayed to God and God withheld the rain, which I think somebody may have done to us in August and September. But Ahab went up to drink and Elijah came to the top of Mount Carmel and he cast himself down on the earth and put his face between his knees and said unto his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, there is nothing And he said, Go again seven times, and it came to pass at the seventh time. He said, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, Go up and say to Ahab, Prepare thy chariot and get thee down, for the rain stopped thee not. Every trip that that man made back and forth, Elijah was praying to God. Elijah cast himself down on the earth and prayed to God. And he told his servant, he said, Go look. Tell me what you see. He said, I see a cloud, just the itty-bitty cloud. He said, out of that cloud is coming rain. 
He said, get ready. It's coming. Do we believe that our prayers work that much? Do we believe that our prayers can have that kind of effect? To the point that whenever we pray something and we see just a sliver of hope, we say, okay, go prepare. It's coming. Whenever we see a small rain cloud, do we prepare for a flood? Because Elijah prayed for a flood. And he saw God's answer. And the land of the Lord, verse 46, was... Well, let's back up verse 45. And it came to pass, in the meanwhile, that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain in Ahab road from Jezreel, and the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. And Ahab told Jezebel, verse 1 and 19, all Elijah had done and with all he had slain, the prophets with the sword of Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he had saw that, he arose and went for his life, came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah. He left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough. He was threatened by the most powerful lady at the time in in this part of the country. And he said, God, just let me die. It is enough. Elijah had faith enough to bring fire down from heaven. Immediately following the fire, he brought rain down from heaven. And then he's threatened. And then he hits a a bump in the road. Any of y'all ever done about 50 miles an hour flying down where the old Walmart used to be in Bogalusa? That little strip where Macmillan's on the end and track supplies on this end? How come you can't do 50 from one end to the other? Speed bumps. You'll need a front end alignment. If your head don't hit the ceiling, that means you you got a convertible. Speed bumps are there to slow you down. They're there so you can't go fast. They're there so you can't get on a road. And the potholes, they're accidents, but they serve the same purpose. You can't fly down that road going 90 to nothing because there are speed bumps. And sometimes in our spiritual life, we run across speed bumps that slow us down. But if they stop us, it is because of our faith has failed and not our God. Our faith is what is weak. It's not our God. Our prayer life may be weak, but our God is not. Elijah found himself (laughs) under a juniper tree. He said, it is enough, O Lord, take away my life. And he lay and slept under a juniper tree, and behold, an angel touched him and said, Arise and eat. And he looked, and there was a cake baking on the coals and a cruise of water at his head, and he did eat and drink and laid down again. And the angel of the Lord came to him a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat because the journey is too great for thee. He said, Elijah, the journey is too much for you. You're not going to have enough to get through it without some help. Folks, we may think we can do this life on our own. We may think we can handle it. We may think we can take care of it. We may think that we have it figured out. We don't. Even if we try to live for God all of our life, the journey is too great 
for us if we don't do so with the help of God. Elijah came, verse number 9, he came thither to a cave and lodged there. Behold, the word of the Lord came unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel has forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword, and I, even I, only am left. And they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. A great and strong wind rent the mountains, broke the mountains, break into pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and the wind an earthquake. After the wind an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. Elijah said, look at my power. Look at everything that I can do, but this is not what I'm coming to you as. He said, a still, small voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entering of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him. He said, what doest thou here, Elijah? He said again, even I only am left. Verse 15, the Lord said, go thy way. Go, return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, anoint Hazel, Hazael, to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shall anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, and Abimelech, shall thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. And it came to pass that he that escapeth the sword of Azel and Jehu shall Jehu slay, and he that escapeth the sword of Jehu, Elisha shall slay. He said, Yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which has not kissed him. Elijah, you are not the only one left. Elijah, the work is not over. Elijah, it is not finished. Elijah, it is not enough. We still have things to do. Elijah hit a roadblock, and then he hit a, a bump in the road and a speed bump, and he got knocked off his road. But, but God came to him, and God showed him that it's not over. It's not finished. It's not done. All my life I've heard of people catching a second wind. Y'all ever heard that? Especially in sports and once you get out of high school, it's, it's in work. But once you work for so long and you just get dog tired, I'm talking whooped tired. And then you take a deep breath and all of a sudden you're ready to go again. Like new life. They call it a second wind. It don't happen often. It happens every now and then. You just get new life. God can breathe new life into us and we don't even have to be completely whooped to get it. We have to desire it. We have to look for it. We have to have faith enough in God that if He has called us to revival, if He has called us to witness, if He has called us to testify, if He has called us to be a light in this community, which He indeed has, that He will give us the strength, the patience, the opportunity, and the fortitude to do so if we will obey Him, if we will listen to that still small voice, if we will desire, if we will pray, if we will humble ourselves, if we will look to Him, if we will obey Him, He will work in us. But we have to be willing. I believe that most people can agree with me that our country needs a revival. 
Our state needs a revival. Our parish needs a revival. Matter of fact, I heard the other day that Washington Parish holds a record. They do. They hold a record for the most arrestees in one year on drug-related arrest. Washington Parish holds that record. Our parish needs a revival. Our community needs a revival and our church needs a revival. Our families need revivals. Your pastor needs a revival. Can't we all do for a second wind? Can't we all do for just a, just a little bit of revitalization of the Spirit? Go to James chapter number 5. If we think we don't need a revival, we're in a, we're in a really bad place. If we want a revival and don't know how or don't know what to do, it's kind of like being saved. As long as you try to save yourself, you're going to remain lost. As long as you try to figure it out, you're going to remain lost. As long as you try to do it all on your own, you can never get saved. You have to stop and you have to believe in God. And revival works the same way. You can't beat people over the head with the Bible and expect them to get Jesus. That is proven that that does not work. You can't handcuff them and drag them to church. It's proven that don't work either. And it's against the law. James finishes out his letter with prayer. He said in verse 15, A prayer of faith shall save the sick. The Lord shall raise him up. Verse 16, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I want to look at the tail end of verse 16 just for a minute and then we're going to have a short prayer service. He said, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Well, how many of us is absolutely righteous? That's a short list. So why did James write that in here that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much? How are we supposed to approach the throne of God? That can be found in 1 John chapter 1. The Bible says that we have all sinned. That none are righteous. But for our sin to be forgiven of us, we have to first ask God. And whenever He cleanses us from unrighteousness, whenever He cleanses us from our sin, whenever He forgives us, that's when our effectual fervent prayer can avail much. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly, Earnestly, not just prayed earnestly that it might not rain and it stopped, it stopped rain on the earth for the space of three years and six months. He prayed again and heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth, brought forth her fruit. Prayer can start a revival. And I pray every day that it can start one here with us. At this time, 